Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to In the Kitchen with Courtney and Carrie. This is April 24th, 2022, and we are so thankful that you joined us this evening. My name is Courtney Smith, and I am one of the cooks here on In the Kitchen with Courtney and Carrie. And if you would like to contact Carrie, myself, Herbie, or Janine with their cooking calls, you can reach us at acbcooks at gmail.com. And if you would like to subscribe to our email list, you can send a blank email to acbcooks, the plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And that'll get you signed up and you'll start getting our recipes, ingredient lists, um, and a bunch of other good stuff that we send out as well. Um, And I apologize for those of you who have tried to call and get the ingredient list the last two weeks. I've been out of town, so I haven't been able to get that updated. But if you would like to receive a list of ingredients, and you can call area code 662-443. 2664 and you can get a recording of all the ingredients we will need for the calls. I will try to get uh, Herbie's um, information updated this evening so what you'll need for his call. So I am now going to turn it over to Kayla, our host, and she's going to give us a list of the commands and then she'll turn it over to Carrie. Just a quick reminder, please keep this room and this call safe, welcoming and respectful and I'll turn it over to you Kayla. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, to get started, if you have not yet navigated to the Got It button, you will have to do that in order to unmute. If you are on a PC, you are going to push Alt-Y to raise your hand and Alt-A to mute and unmute. All of these commands are a toggle. If you are on a Mac to raise your hand, you will push Option-Y to mute and unmute. It is control Shift A, if you are on a smartphone or tablet, a mute button, unmute and mute button is in the bottom left-hand corner, and under the more tab in the bottom right-hand corner, you will find a raised hand feature. If you are calling in in a landline or a touchtone phone, star nine will allow you to raise your hand, and star six will allow you to unmute. Thank you, and back to you, Carrie. Well, good evening, everybody. This is Carrie Winans. I'm from Benbrook, Texas. Yes, I have moved, but just outside of Fort Worth, so I'm still in the area. So um, down here in Texas, we love our Mexican food, and we love Cinco de Mayo even more than we do Mexican food. So Cinco de Mayo will be May 5th, if you don't know your Spanish. And so I have decided to make a Southwest chicken casserole. So that way it'll give you some ideas to make for your Cinco de Mayo celebrations that you may have, okay? So this recipe is actually a one pan, love those, one pan dish. And this is a real simple chicken uh, recipe. You can substitute the chicken for beef, you can also, for the vegetarians in, out there, you could also you know, substitute the broth for a vegetable broth and for the tofu. Um, I have not tried it with those and I probably won't because I love my chicken. 
So tonight we're going to get started on this recipe. It's like I said, it's real simple. So we have one cup of rice. And with that, we're going to have a one can of chicken broth. Now I did go with the low sodium. Um, as you guys probably remember, I do like to cut down on that sodium a little bit. The next ingredient we're going to add then will be a packet of taco seasoning or a Mexican blend, or you can use a simple blend of just paprika and cumin, which that would be one tablespoon of each. So you have many options on your flavoring. After we do that, we're going to add one chopped onion. And from there, we're going to add the chicken. And the chicken we're going to cut up in one inch cubes and put it on the layer. And then from there, we'll be adding the black beans, which is one can and they're rinsed and drained. And it's very important to rinse those black beans. I'm going to tell you folks, that is probably the number one step in black beans. I love them to death, but you got to rinse them and clean them. So once you've added that, we're going to add a layer of frozen corn. And from there, we're going to do a salsa on top. Now, I cheated, and I will admit it. I will raise my hand and admit it. I did not make this salsa from scratch. I bought it from a jar. It is one of my favorites. Um, it is a chunkier uh, salsa. And I also went with mild. Um, I decided not to go spicy because, you know, as we get older, some spicy foods just don't agree with some of us older people. From there, we're going to add a layer of cheese. Tonight, I'm going to use cheddar cheese. You can do any substitutions with this recipe that you feel fit. So if you want to spice it up, you can add a pepper jack cheese. If you really want to spice it up, you can add a little bit of jalapeno juice to your broth and then add a layer of jalapenos. You know, really own it, make it your own. Um, I received this recipe from a very dear friend of mine. He made it, I fell in love with it immediately. And so tonight I'm gonna to make it in his honor. And as I was putting this together, I was thinking, gosh darn it, I should have added cilantro to that corn. That really would have helped the, you know, enhance the flavor. So tonight I'm gonna to make it pretty plain without the cilantro, but I'm gonna tell you the next time I make this, we'll be adding cilantro to it. So we are gonna get started. And Kayla, do we have any hands before we get started? No, ma'am. All righty. So we're going to start with basic white rice. Again, if you want to use a long grain rice or if you want to use a white rice, feel free to do it. You know, this recipe is pretty flexible on everybody's taste. Now, I buy my rice in bulk. So I have large glass containers that have the different rices in them. So I'm going to pour out of this container into my one cup measuring cup. And there we go, we got a cup. Now the dish I'm using, you can use a nine by 13 if you want to, that is great. Especially if you have a family and you're going to do a family feast. That's perfect to do this with this recipe. But in this case, I am actually using a casserole dish and it is a three quart, or actually, yeah, it is a three quart. It's a three quart casserole dish and it has a glass lid on top. And I like that because this recipe is one that you do um, a cook with cover and then you cook without the cover. So to me, it's easier. So if you use a nine by 13, you're gonna put foil on it 
And then when it takes for the uncovering, you'll need to remove that foil. So, you know, it's very flexible. It's very versatile. If you have any questions, definitely send us an email. We'll answer those questions for you. It's not a problem. Okay. So we're going to next add the chicken broth. And this is in a can. And I prefer the hand crank manual style can opener. There are the basic reason for that for me is once I've opened a can like this where it has liquids in it and they have a tendency to kind of spill a little bit, you know, I can then put this in the dishwasher and get it clean real easy. Um, if you've ever cleaned an electric one, it's a little bit harder, but it's doable. You know, again, you use what you have. So I'm going to pour this broth into the casserole dish. And perfect. The can obviously goes into recycling. So we're going to put that to the side. The next thing I've decided to use a taco seasoning packet. And these are little packets. They are usually like four by three, or yeah, four by three inches. All you have to do is just tear that top part off and dump it in and you'll be good to go. So I am going to just get that started. Tear it open, love the smell of it and I just dump it right into the casserole dish. At this point, I'm just gonna let things kind of swim around and dissolve in there, because the next step, I'm going to chop an onion to put in there. Now, this usually takes a medium-sized onion. And as we know, sometimes when we order groceries, we get vegetables or fruits that are a little bit larger than we anticipated. So tonight, they sent me a size of a softball. So I'm only gonna use half of this, okay? Now, there's two ends to an onion. There's the bulb end, which is where all the outer layers come together. And then the, there's the bottom. And that is known as the root end. A lot of people will call that, quote, the hairy end, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to lay that onion on its side. So you're going to put the hairy end and the bulb end, you're going to be parallel to your body. So you're gonna take your large butcher knife, which is what I use, and just cut it in half. I did not remove the dry stuff yet because what I'm gonna do is now that I've slid it in half, I can then easily peel the dry layers off. But I wanna keep the root intact. Now this method is one I learned when I was sighted. Um, I still continue to use this method because this is what my muscle memory um, is good at. I enjoy cook. I enjoy slicing and cutting and dicing my onions this way. This method may not work for everybody. So um, I believe, you know, Courtney and I, we've talked about slicing onions and chopping onions before. You know, there's different tools out there. I mean, feel free to have fun, you know, experimenting and learning how to cut. And I will say cutting onions is probably the best thing to practice with. Um, my vocational rehabilitation coach loves the idea that we use onions a lot when we cut, when we cook together. 
because it's such a versatile thing to use. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the, the cut, the flat side, the cut, the cut side. I'm going to fake, place it down after I've removed all the dry stuff. Now, this is where you have to be careful. So I'm going to take the onion and it's parallel to me. And I take my knife and I run it through a bottom layer. And what I'm doing is it's like maybe a fourth of an inch off the cutting board. And I cut as cut almost all the way down to the hairy end, the root end. Then I'm gonna go up another little bit, probably about an eighth of an inch, and I'm gonna slice it again. And I'm gonna hold my palm on top of that onion, almost to the hairy, the root end. Now I'm gonna turn the onion towards me. So the hairy end is away from me and the pointed end is towards me. And from there, I'm gonna make three slices straight down on the onion. So it's cut and I cut, actually I'm going to do a fourth because this thing, like I said, it's the size of a softball. Now, if you rotate the onion back to be parallel to you, so you have now two cuts in cutting. You have the vertical, you have the horizontal. I mean, yeah, vertical and horizontal. So then when you turn it, you're going to do another horizontal, or I'm sorry, vertical cut. And when you slice down, you're gonna hold that onion and you're gonna roll your knuckles underneath to hold that onion. And when you do it like this, it automatically gives you a chopped onion. And when you feel that knife go against your knuckles, you're gonna pull it away. And you are gonna take these beautiful diced chopped onions automatically and sprinkle them right over your dish. It's easy peasy. It does take a little practice. Um, but like I said, I used to do this method when I was sighted. So this is a lot of it is muscle memory. But if any of you want to, you know, talk to me or work with me on this, I will help you because it's to me, it's an easy way to do the cutting. And you don't always have to buy the pre-cut onions or you don't always have to buy the frozen chopped onions. I mean, I do use all those different types of onions. But again, if I could have a fresh cut onion, I'm gonna do it. All right, do we have any questions now, Kayla? Nope, no hands at this time. Perfect, okay. Now we're gonna um, cube the chicken, and this is raw chicken. We're gonna cube it in one inch strips. You can use chicken breast, you can use chicken thighs. It's just everything has to be boneless and skinless, okay? Um, as some of the shortages at the grocery stores are starting to reflect into our, our, you know, our deliveries, they could only provide me with chicken tenders, which is fine. You know, you work with what you got. So they're already cut in strips. So all we have to do now is just take our butcher knife and put the chicken on our chicken cutting board. By the way, I use two different cutting boards because I do not like to mix my chicken with my vegetables because that to me is cross-contamination and I just keep a chicken cutting board for chicken reasons. So we're just gonna slice it down into one inch strips and 
we will probably, I will probably do at least six or seven chicken tenders. So there was that, I did two at a time there. And that's probably what I'll do. I'll just do two at a time. And I'll sprinkle it as I go over the casserole. All right. So while I'm cutting this chicken, if anybody wants to tell me what their favorite Cinco de Mayo food is, I'll listen while I'm cutting. Down here in Texas, you know, um, any Southwest food is popular. Tacos, burritos, enchiladas. There's a big casserole dish down here called King Ranch Chicken. It's absolutely delicious. Um, everything is probably, as you know, served with chips. And with chips, you know, you've got to have salsa. And with that, you've got to have guacamole. And then, oh, of course, you have the margarita. Um, for those of you who can drink, please have one for me. I miss my margaritas, but you know what? I can have a mocktail too. It's okay. <laughs> Kayla, is there anybody who wants to share their Cinco de Mayo foods with us? Nope. We don't currently have any hand. Okay, good. So I will share mine, Carrie, if you want. Um, Anything Tex-Mex is Cinco de Mayo food for me. <laughs> I, I love my Tex-Mex food. Um, and something I may make um, for Cinco de Mayo, I tried it the other night, is um, one of the local Tex-Mex restaurants here, they do uh, what they call Santa Fe fajitas. Oh, and yeah. Jason loves their fajitas, and they're, they are good. And so I did a sort of a semi-version of that the other night, but um, so how I did mine is um, their fajitas have bacon, chorizo, beef, or, you know, steak, chicken, shrimp, peppers, onions, and um, pineapple chunks, and so I did my version, so I um cooked my bacon. I crumbled it up or cut it into small pieces and fried my bacon. Then I put my chorizo. I crumbled that up in there. And for those who are unfamiliar with chorizo, it is a Mexican sausage. So it's a pork, pork sausage. It just has Mexican seasonings in it instead of your, your sage and other regular bulk sausage flavorings. Um, so I did the chorizo while that was cooking. I marinated my chicken in uh, some steak marinade and a little bit of lime juice. And the chicken, I seasoned it with pepper, salt, garlic powder, cumin, and chili powder. So I let that all just kind of sit and marinate and get all happy while I was cooking my other meat. And then I put my chicken in there and cooked that. And then I added my Peppers and onions. I didn't have any beef or shrimp to go in, but I will next time on that. And then I saw take my peppers and onions and then I dumped my drained pineapple in there. And so I asked Jason, I said, okay, tell me, are these as good as the ones at the restaurant or are they better, worse, same? What he said, I think these are better than the restaurants. So of course that made my heart smile real big. So um, so we may be having that for our Cinco de Mayo dinner. 
Can you oh currently have a hand whenever you'd like to take that? Sure. Okay, well. All right, Diana, you may unmute. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, hey. hey. Well, uh, I'm in Oklahoma, and of course, Tex-Mex is about as big up here as it is in Texas. So uh, I definitely love my Tex-Mex also. Um, I'd say margaritas. You got to have margaritas as far as I'm concerned. You're eating Mexican food. Uh, I agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and your fajitas, by the way, sound wonderful, Courtney. Just absolutely delicious. I've never made fajitas on my own. Just had them in restaurants, but that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, uh, so either fajitas or tacos, burritos. I don't care. Any, all of it's good. So and then, of course, you got to have guacamole and chips. So, yep, that's that's what I love. So a <laughs> oh, girl, oh, I mean, my, my heart just beats hard when I hear that guacamole. Cause I love when I go to a Mexican restaurant and they do that yes. table side guacamole. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, and then the, white queso, the queso they have in the Mexican restaurants. It seems like if, if you get a true authentic Tex-Mex place, I mean, not like Taco Bell or something like that. Right. I mean, that's right. okay. But, uh, that white white queso is just oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous stuff to have around. You you fill up on that before your food even gets there if you're not careful. <laughs> okay, so that is exactly my problem. I go to a Mexican restaurant. I get the guacamole, the queso, and the chips. Yeah, and then I get my meal to go. <laughs> uh, that's a good idea. I never thought about doing that. <laughs> Because it takes a while to get there. And it's like, by the time you get there, you've gone guacamole and queso and all this stuff. It's like, whoa. Well, I, I will tell you, this is how bad I am, girl. I'll just, just tell everybody how bad I am. When I go to my special restaurant here in, in Fort Worth, they already know to bring me two baskets of chips. I mean, that's how bad oh. it is. Yeah, oh, we wow. usually get to the second basket. We do, too. You plow through the first one really fast. and Yeah. <laughs> but they know I'm right up right as you walk in again. That's funny. <laughs> How cool. It is. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for sharing. That's great. Sure. Oh, either the wait the wait staff is really good or y'all visit very often. You know that <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's the demanding lady in me. I don't know, Courtney. Um, uh, I don't know how to take that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have any other hands, Kayla? Not at this time. Okay. So we have the chicken in the casserole dish now. And it's very, um, it's raw chicken, so don't touch it anymore, okay? Now, I'm bringing over my colander, which has the uh, black beans in it that have been rinsed and drained. And I'm just pouring, I'm just scooping those out with my hands, to be honest right into the casserole dish. And I smooth it out. Now, this looks like it's gonna be a lot in this casserole dish, which it's probably full. It really is full, I can feel from the rim. But you still have two more layers. And that's why to me using a glass lid that has a little bit of a dome top really helps you out because the casserole will absorb the liquid and it will drop it a little bit. And, you know, if you use the foil, sometimes that cheese gets on the foil. And, you know, to me, if I'm going to eat fat, I'm going to eat fat. I'm going to love my cheese. So don't mess with my cheese, okay? Now, the next layer will be the frozen corn. And it calls for one bag. Um, 
I am going to not use a full bag because we already have a starch. We already have rice. Even though corn is, you know, people will argue it is a vegetable. You know, when you ask your nutritionist, they will tell you it is a starch. So, you know, that's a personal preference. And I'm not going to go down that path with anybody today because I'm going to cut back on the corn just a little bit. Now, the next layer will be the salsa. Again, this recipe that my friend gave me called for a full jar of salsa. Um, I am not a big tomato fan. I have admitted my tomato problem on this call before. So again, I will probably only use half and then I will probably make uh, queso if Diane wants to come over to the house later today. So I'm just gonna start by pouring half of the queso in there now. And this is a chunky salsa. Um, my friend said that he did try it with the more, you know, the, the, the finer cut salsa. But he said it just really didn't turn out as well as he liked. So he's convinced me to use the chunky salsa. So that's what I'm going to use. And I'm going to rinse my hands off real quick while I, for y'all to please forget the water. All right, and the last layer, of course, is the cheese. Um, again, if I'm gonna have it, I'm gonna have it. I'm just dumping it on there, and we're gonna spread it around. Okay, so we got cheese on top. We've got it nice and layered. And I'm gonna add some more cheese because I'm really bad tonight. All right, so now we have the cheese on top. It's perfect. I have my lid. I'll just put the lid on top of it. There you go. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, now we're gonna put this in a preheated oven at 350 degrees for 45 minutes. I've already preheated my oven because my oven does take a little bit of time to warm up. And so I'm gonna go ahead and put it in there. I'm gonna say echo, set timer for 45 minutes. Okay, so echo's going, which is great. All right, now. Since you do have a liquid, hand whenever you'd like to take that. Sorry. Okay, well, we will. I will here in just a second. So okay. we're gonna, Pick up this casserole dish and we're going to just slide it right into the oven. And we'll shut the oven and we will take those calls. We'll take that hand now, Kayla. All right, Peggy, you may unmute and ask your question. Hi. Um, I wanted to know what size jar of salsa you use. Um, is it like the 16 ounce or like the 24 ounce? It's a 16 ounce. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. No, Sounds thank delicious. You. Oh, I'm telling you, girl, Cinco de Mayo, come over to my house. <laughs> Sounds good. All righty. Any other raised hands? Yep. Hattie, you may unmute. Hi, Hattie. Hi. First of all, I'd like to say that your tip on how to deal with the onion was most 
enlightening and appreciated. That made more sense to me and my total spatial disorientation self than anything I've ever had described. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh, you're going to make me cry, girl. Yeah, that was really helpful. So um, I suffer very hideously with that nowadays. So that was extremely helpful because I like to cut my own vegetables. Next, I want to know, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned rinsing the beans. And I'm assuming you were using a can uh, canned yes. beans. Okay. Yes. So yes. I have that same issue. They are that whatever they're in their juice or whatever is so full of salt and stuff. Yeah. So that's a very good idea. But my biggest question is as you were mixing, I'm assuming that you were mixing the ingredients in or were you layering them? in? I I was just layering them okay. because when the liquid is cooking, it'll move your um, spices around. Um, if you dump it all in the middle, yeah, you're going to have to start a little bit. But if you kind of sprinkle it around when it cooks, it'll even out the, the uh, flavor throughout. Okay, that's a tip I didn't know. So I was curious about that. All right. Well, thanks a lot. And I'll shut up and let somebody else talk. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Kayla. Oh, right. Hi, Hi, good evening. Um, this is a great recipe. I'm definitely going to try it and make it. Um, I just want, I just thought of an idea of um, if you wanted the, if you had salsa that wasn't really chunky enough, if you wanted to add like a can of, um, the fire roasted tomatoes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, to make it and gives it that little bit of extra flavor. That may be um, a way to kind of thicken up the salsa to make it a little chunkier. If you're a fan of tomatoes, I know you said you're you're not crazy about tomatoes, but I was just that came across as an idea, so I thought I'd share that. I love that idea, you know, because, you know, I will say a dear friend of mine, he likes it spicy. Um, I can't mm -hmm. um, always do it, but that's a great idea for him. <laughs> yeah, because it's something I recently discovered and uh, I was shopping with someone and they mentioned it and I never knew it was a thing, as, you know, in, to just buy a can already fire roasted like that, so this would be a great recipe to try it. Well, you know, and in saying that, Jill, you know, you're sitting there thinking, even if you bought just that can of Rotel, you know, you could use that too. You know, oh, you yeah. Could, See, I never tried that either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's mm -hmm. the whole thing. You yeah, know, that would work. I, I mean, I just love taking a recipe like this and just playing around with it and having fun. You know, to me, if you're mm -hmm. not having fun in the kitchen, then get out. You know, we're going to have fun. We're going to try different things. We're going to try different foods, you know. Mm -hmm. I like how this is a layering one, too, because it makes it very easy to do. Yes. Yes. I love easy. Um, I love easy. And um, that's just the way it is, girl. Well, thank you for those okay. ideas, Joe. I just love it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye, sweetie. All right. Peggy Ann. Hi, Peggy Ann. 
Hi. Um, I have a question. Um, actually, two. I didn't. I think I was supposed to put the onions on earlier than I did. I put them on top of the black beans. Is that going to be a problem? Well, it's your your onions may not get soft as they should. Okay, so you might have a more of an al dente onion. Um, okay, you know that's that's the only thing that I would uh, be cautious of. Yeah, but to, I didn't to, realize it until after that I forgot them. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Well, so you're cooking along with us, Peggy. Yes. What did you think? Was it an easy recipe, a difficult recipe, or a medium recipe? Um, it's relatively easy because I did I did the prep earlier. You know, I rinsed the beans and I cut up the onion earlier. So everything was ready to go pretty much. Now I'm using pre-cooked chicken. Um, because I didn't know we were supposed to use the raw chicken. Um, so again, I'm not sure how that's gonna turn out. <laughs> Well, the, the biggest thing on this, Peggy, you know, is it's the rice um, that's going to need, you know, obviously my chicken is raw, so it's going to need cooking time too. But, but when you're using this kind of rice, it does take a while to cook in a casserole. So okay. it's more about that rice. Right. So, yeah. okay. So then the you, you have enough broth in there. You could, it'll probably absorb that, um, you know the the type of chicken you're using so yeah. it may not dry it out to be honest okay. it might actually yeah but please let me know how it turned out because i've okay. been thinking about that too because i was like you know the grocery stores are pretty slim pickings down here right now you know and you don't always get what you want yeah and i wasn't sure because it i think it said cut up chicken i forget what it said but it didn't say raw or cooked so i assumed it was cooked that was my problem. <laughs> oh, well, so. I apologize. You know, um, I was transcribing this to Courtney and, if, and, you know, and to be honest, I probably left out a few words and I'm sure Courtney has a few words for me when I do that. So I apologize so, to Courtney and I apologize well, to you all. It's nobody's problem. I just read it, you know, I just read it and went, okay, it doesn't specify. So I guess, you know, the pre-cooked is okay. And I was in the store and it was Andy. So, you know, so... But yeah, but no problem. Yeah, but let me know how this all works out for you, okay? All right. Thank you very much. No, thank you. And thanks for cooking very, along. Yeah, these calls are very helpful. Oh, well, we are so glad that you enjoy those. Yes. So thank you for doing them. So oh we love doing it. We love sharing. Carrie, I just want to let you know it is 35 after. I just didn't want to uh, un, uh, interrupt. And Diana just raised her hand. Okay, Diana. Just a quick question. Um, what are the servings on this? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. What was the oh, serving? Oh, I'm sorry. The, yeah, how many, how many does this serve? If you it do... It'll serve anywhere from six to eight people easily. Okay. Oh, one Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> she wants to share one Courtney and one Diana. <laughs> We're back to the two baskets of chips already, aren't we? We, yes, are, we are. We are. <laughs> so, you know, um, this recipe, like I said, you know, it'll serve six to eight people easily. But, you know, if you want to, um, you can expand this. And my mother is actually doing this for Cinco de Mayo. She's buying bib lettuce. And when you buy bib lettuce, it has a automatic little cup or, you know, a little, yeah, it's a cup. That's what I'm going to call it. So what she's going to do is make this recipe and then scoop it into that bib lettuce and serve it as a um, appetizer. Oh, that's a good that idea. Yeah, I thought it was a really good idea, too, you know, because, you know, sometimes you get tired of always having the, you know, the the crunchy tortillas or the soft ones, you know. Yeah, that's something different. Exactly, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, leave it to my mom to be different. <laughs> but if you do it that way, she was actually thinking that she could probably get 24 cups out of that. So, oh, yeah, I bet with bib lettuce, she probably could, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Peggy Ann has her hand raised. Hey, Peggy Ann. Hey, real quick question. Um, I know you said 350, but how long? I didn't hear that. How long do we cook it for? Okay, so we're going to bake it covered for 45 minutes. And then we're going to take the cover off and we're going to bake it for another 10 minutes uncovered. Okay. Yeah. All right. So a total of 55 minutes. Okay. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. All right. Do we have any other questions? Um, no, we do not. Patty had her hand raised, but she lowered it. So. All righty. Well, you so know. So, Carrie, can we talk alternatives for just a moment? Oh, well, sure. Go right ahead, girl. All right, I make something similar. Um, I go ahead and cook my rice and cook my chicken separately. So to for Peggy Ann, um, if you already had cooked rice or a minute rice, you would just layer that. And um, if you had the cooked rice, you would just um, eliminate the chicken broth unless you wanted to cook your rice in the chicken broth. Um, so you could already have your cooked rice. Um, then you would, I can't remember what the next layer is. I think it was, anyway, you could put your toppings, you know, like go ahead and layer your cooked, other cooked ingredients on top, according to the recipe. And then you would just, you know, probably put it in the oven for about maybe 25 to 30 minutes, just enough to heat everything through and melt the cheese. All right. Now that you've got that done, Here's where it gets fun and interesting. You could use that as a sort of a, uh, a dip, so to speak. So you could spoon some out onto a plate. This could be an appetizer and eat it with, you know, serve it with chips as a dip. Um, then you could take some and put it in a flour tortilla, sprinkle more cheese on it, um, put some sour cream, cilantro, roll it up, and you have a chicken burrito that's super whatever size burrito you could also put some of the mixture over half of a flour tortilla sprinkle more cheese and now you have a quesadilla um, or a soft taco so 
or you could even do nachos this way. This is one of the ways I like my nachos as well. Um, so there's a, a myriad of things you could do with just this as a casserole, you know, instead of doing a casserole or, you know, spice it up a little bit and, you know, eat it several times and you have leftovers. Um, or if you want to call them leftovers, if you don't want to call them leftovers, then you can call it, say, I'm pre-planning um, my meals for the rest of the week. So there's just some alternatives you could do. Um, and, and you know, I've, like I said, I've done something similar and taking it to parties as a dip slash appetizer, you know, just to, to dip your chips in. So. Uh, yes, I am with you 100%, Courtney. I love the quesadilla idea. That is great. And I love that more cheese, especially when there's one person in your household who's not a big cheese fan. I love right. that. Because, <laughs> you know, quesadillas, you can personalize those. You know, so if you have somebody who says, ooh, I'm really not a big fan of, you know, whatever, you know, you can really, you know, kind of moderate it for everybody, you know, and then everybody has a great quesadilla for their dinner that night. All right, Kim, do we have any other hands? Yep. Peggy, you may unmute. Hi, um, I was going to ask if you did. I, I guess you said you hadn't tried it with the beef, but if you were going to use Hamburg, you would cook the Hamburg first? If I was going to use hamburger, because I was thinking about this, I would, one, I would change the broth to beef broth. Right. And then I would, I would just put it in raw, just like you do the chicken. Okay. And then cook it thoroughly. Or right. you can use what, what Courtney was just explaining. If you already have pre-cooked meat and pre-cooked, um, you know, rice, rice. Yeah, yeah. Then you can, you know, do the shortcut method. Definitely, you know. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm. I'm wanting to actually make this in the hamburger form, to be honest, because it's kind of curiosity's killing this kitty cat. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. All, All right, right, Kayla. Do we have any other hands? Yep. Patty, you may unmute. Hi, Patty. So not to tell anybody their cooking business, but I had to wonder when using ha hamburger, if you're talking about ground hamburger, unless it's just really super lean uh, or else you rinse it before you put it in. But even with that, Cooking, adding it in raw seems to me like it might possibly be a bad idea because it's going to be greasy. Is that something you've had experience with or because I'm thinking more like um, beef tips or, you know, how you go and you get the uh, use sale by use by now date, dated meat or whatever. I'm thinking like stew beef or something that you could um, would be awesome in there instead of Oh, chicken. I think stew, a beef stew meat would be yeah. absolutely fabulous. But you know, back yeah. to the hamburger thing, you know, you know, now that you've said that, you know, I'm thinking this whole through and I'm like, I automatically buy the 90-10. So oh, okay. for, for somebody who maybe who buys the 70-30, yeah, it's probably it's better to go ahead Cook and it brown it. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, and do it and so that way some of the grease comes off of it. You know, I, I do apologize, everybody. I do think a little bit differently on my meats because I do like to buy the leaner hamburger. So, you know, I apologize for that. Oh, I do, too, because there's no point to buy a uh, cheaper, more fattier cut because you're not gaining anything. That 30 percent is just going to 
dwindle away. And so you're not really gaining anything by it. You're not saving any money, really, in my opinion. But anyway, that's another call. That I think that's going to be a great call to do. You know, maybe, Courtney, we should do the, the 70-30, the 80-20, and the 90-10 and, you know, do with a cook-off and see, you know, how we're doing weight-wise on the, on the meat. That'd be kind of an interesting experiment. Yeah, but it sounds good. Yeah. I do know, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's just the ground beef, like the 70-30 is what I usually buy because that's what fits into my budget. Um, and, and I buy it when it's on sale. And I've mentioned this a lot. Um, you know, I'll buy like 10 pounds at a time and cook it. And I usually get about 10, no, not 10, about eight, seven to eight pounds of cooked meat out of 10 pounds. So um, that's, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Um, so that's, that's about my ratio there. Well, you know, Courtney, you do yours in the crock pot. You usually do a mass cook of, you know, hamburger in the crock pot. So yes, all that fat is. rises anyway to the top. So mm -hmm. You know, when you're pulling that hamburger out and, you know, you're putting it in the baggies to put it in the uh, freezer, you know, mm -hmm. again, this is a, you know, like you said, an easy recipe when you already got cooked hamburger, just pull that out and plop it in there, you know. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that that tip of cooking, you know, mass quantities of ground beef at a time came in real handy tonight. Um, many of you know, I have house guests this weekend. And so we decided on Sloppy Joe's and. I got enough ground beef out of the freezer, defrosted it, threw it in my pan, and we had sloppy joes and fries within 20 minutes. So, you know, so that that's, and, you know, we had planned something totally different for dinner, but time slipped away from us. So we had a change of plans. And so that's where having that pre-cooked meat already in your freezer and bagged up comes in real handy. You can change plans on a dime just like that. Exactly. I mean, that is a great point. I mean, yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've had a meal planned all day. And then, you know, 20 minutes before somebody will say, no, we're going to go do this for a while. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so you're right. Things change all the time. Mm -hmm. Carrie, you're 45 minutes past the hour and Diana has her hand raised. Okay, Diana, how are you doing again? I'm sorry. No, yes. you're good, girl. You're good. When I hear things, it's like I want to respond or I want to ask a question. Um, <clears throat> about the ground beef, I would, if we could have like a, a ground beef show, <clears throat> that would be wonderful. I'd like to know how to do, how Courtney also does the uh, ground beef in the crock pot because I've done here lately with the beef being so expensive. If I see it on sale, I'll buy a big old package too, even though I'm single <laughs> and cook it up and then divide it into baggies. But you know, it's a lot of, you got to have huge pots and you got to stand there at the stove and it's really hard to get, you know, turn that in the stove and everything on the, in the big pan and stuff. So I would love to know how to do that in your crock pot, what the process is for that. Aww. So, um, you know, and maybe just other things too, like, <clears throat> you know, other formats that you could use it in. Like if you, if you do patties or whatever, I mean, I know that sounds simple, but do you use like one of those little patty shapers or do you do, um, you know, just do by hand or just anything maybe like involving ground beef since that's such a commonly used thing. All right. 
Well, that's an excellent suggestion. I mean, really, because, you know, because you're right, you know, the budgets nowadays, you know, something that used to cost $3 now costs $6, you know, and so, you know, budgets are being tightened up and the belts are being, you know, pulled back a little bit. So you're right. Yeah. So I know we'd appreciate that. All right. If time permits, I can go over real quickly about how I cook my ground beef, but we'll we'll wait to see if there's time because I can do it in a five minute talk or uh, less. Well, Courtney, I'm going to put you on the time clock and go because the casserole is cooking. That's all I've got. All right. That's all I got to do. Okay. Kayla, do we have any other raised hands at the moment? No, ma'am. Okay. So, and we will we can do a call on this as well. So, how I do my ground beef. Um, I usually tried to pay no more than $2.99 a pound. It used to be $1.99. You know, I wouldn't go over that, but COVID. So that's enough said there. Um, So now I've upped it to I don't pay more than $2.99 a pound. And the store I usually do most of my shopping, their sale ad runs for two weeks. So... Week one, I will buy 10 pounds of ground beef and I will just crumble it up in my crock pot and get, you know, put as much in there as I can. Then I pour water over my meat and I cover the meat. Um, I have about maybe an inch of water above the meat, put a lid on it, turn the crock pot on high, set a timer for three hours and leave it alone. Once that three hours is up, I usually take the pot, you know, set it, turn the crock pot off and I'll put the the crock pot out and let it cool off some. I dump the contents into a colander in the sink. Every, all the grease and the water goes down the drain and I rinse it with hot water just to kind of help that grease go down a little more. Let it cool completely, and then I bag it into one-cup portions into Ziploc bags. I get all the air out of the bag, kind of roll it down, seal it up, and then I take all of my little Ziploc bags that have one cup of ground beef in it, and I put them in a two-gallon Ziploc bag in the freezer. And that, that helps with organization. So we have four here tonight, and some of us are big eaters. So I grab six cups of already cooked ground beef out of the freezer, toss it in the microwave to defrost it some, and then all I had to do was mix it with my uh, other ingredients for Sloppy Joe's, and within 20 minutes, it was done. Um, and while I was, you know, defrosting the ground beef, I had my fries in the oven cooking. So, you know, we had dinner in 30 minutes or less tonight. Um, when I do hamburger patties, I just patty them out with my hands. I don't have any special devices. Sometimes, too, when I buy, and usually I'll buy the ground beef 10 pounds a week for two weeks. Um, sometimes, too, I also will mix up meatballs with, you know, like, the 10 pounds of ground beef. Mix those up raw, roll them out, put them on a sheet pan, stick the sheet pan in the freezer, let them freeze. Once they're frozen, I take them off the pan and put them in a two-gallon Ziploc bag or however many of those bags I need. And then when I get ready for a quick meal, so if I wanted like meatballs one night, I would do spaghetti and meatballs or I would do 
meatballs and mix up some brown gravy mix. Pour that over there, stick them in the oven at about 400 for about an hour. Then I can do barbecue meatballs. I can do sweet and sour meatballs. Um, I can put them in the crock pot and cook them if I wanted to. So there's just a tons of things. But again, we can do a call on this and, um, and you know, give some more ideas of things to do with ground beef. Absolutely, Courtney. I think you just had a whole show yourself right there. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking notes too. But, you know, and you know, we can do a call and go in, in you know more in depth and ask you know answer more questions and you know and brainstorm some other ideas on using ground beef. Absolutely. You know, because when you were talking about the hand hand patties, I do also do mine by hand. But when I freeze them, to be honest, I stick a little bit of onion and uh, cheese in them. And they freeze and then they cook just as well. And it's, you know, kind of a surprise when people bite into them if you have cheese likers. So you yes. gotta, you got you to gotta know your audience. Very exactly. important to know your audience. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, um, Kayla, do we have any other hands? For- no, ma'am. All righty. Well. Y'all, thank you so much. And, you know, Kayla, you did a great job. Katie did a great job streaming. Um, Courtney's going to wrap us up. But again, if you guys have any questions, please let me, you know, please reach out to Courtney and I. We'll be more than happy to answer any questions. And, you know, for Peggy Ann, you know, or was it Peggy or I, I forget, Peggy or Peggy Ann who was cooking with us. Let me know how yours turns out. I really am interested and I really love to learn from you. All right. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Again, Katie, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday evening to ho- uh, to stream for us. Kayla, thank you for taking time from away from your family to host for us tonight. And Carrie, thank you for facilitating. And thank you all for joining us and cooking along with us. We appreciate you all so much. Without you, we wouldn't have the In the Kitchen with Courtney and Carrie call. And, you know, we wouldn't have a reason to have a call. So thank you all for joining us via Media 5 or you know, by, via Zoom. We do appreciate you. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Again, if you need to contact um, Carrie, Herbie, Janine, or myself, you can send us an email to acbcooks at gmail.com. And I will pass those emails along to the appropriate cook or answer the question myself if it's for me. Um, and if you would like to receive our recipes and ingredient list each week, send a blank email to acbcooks plus sign subscribe at groups.io and that will get you on the list to get the recipes. I will send this recipe out. If I don't get it out tomorrow, it will be out later this week. And um, if you need to hear the ingredient list for our calls, I promise to get those updated soon. And that number is area code 662-443-2664. Again, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Be sure to tune in to the gospel sing that'll be on ACB Media 5 right after this call. And I hope you have a blessed Sunday evening. Thank you for joining us.